This is the Learn Lead Podcast with your hosts, Tony V and Landon Arcangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. kind of going to talk about how excited I am to that we started this because I really am bro I am absolutely fired up that we're actually this is coming to fruition and it's taken a while and we finally took the initiative and I'm glad that I have someone like you to ground me in this process because you know how I am I just want to run 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 like a headless chicken just creating content but we want to make it look good at the same time and you're that guy that slows me down and says hey Let's make sure we got our everything in, in, in proper place first. So, that's I mean, yeah, I shit. I hope that. I hope to be that. I don't know. We'll see, dude. I mean, time will tell. But I think at the same time, you have a good sense of urgency behind getting things done, and I kind of try to balance this out a little bit. But overall, man, I mean, you can't really lose doing one of these things. You can't lose doing this. I mean, the, taking the leap and going through all the red tape and all the bullshit we've been through just to get to where we are right now. You know, all the equipment, all the software, you know, all the the roadblocks you hit along the way trying to figure things out for the first time. That's honestly what, what people fear, but it honestly has become some of the f- funnest parts about it so far. I mean, we've just started, like you said, creating content and all that, but um, it's been a cool, cool experience up to this point. Yeah, it's been an absolute best, man. I've just, I mean, I've just being able to just spend more time with you and be able to throw ideas off you and be held accountable to each other is really cool. And then I was telling my friend the other day, actually, he was talking about like, what's the podcast going to launch? And I know where uh, that was where some of the, the anxiety was coming from for me because I was just like, come on, we got to launch. We got to make sure everything's good, but we got to, we also have to do our due diligence. And I, I said, he's like, why did you decide to start one? I was like, you know what? It's better to have a podcast than not to have a podcast. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And I, it's like, I don't know. I mean, we're in a time right now too where being relevant on these digital platforms is is important if you want to make an impact and you want to talk to people and meet people and and just experience new uh, realities behind other people's worlds. You know, for sure, it's, it's part of the network that we're both trying to build of people and creating our own brand, which is awesome. So, I mean, yeah, for the fans out there, Land and I, we're not really too interested in doing. A crazy amount of just me and him because we're not like we said in the beginning we're not here to just talk about us and we're not we haven't gone through enough in life to give you enough advice to go take and say that we're doing the right thing so but we are we have some things that a lot of people brought up some topics to me some things that we have been through that we have some credibility that we can talk about and go through some stuff so today i kind of want to talk about a little bit about growing up in your 20s and not having an absolutely no idea what to do after college or after high school and figuring that out. So with that being said, like what, what made you realize like you wanted to go in the career path that you chose kind of let's, let's talk about a little bit about your process, how your college life turned into what, what, what happened there, any adversity you went through? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, it was, uh, 
pretty interesting transition. So played quarterback in college for, you know, three and a half years, injury free, um, was, uh, backing up a all American quarterback, uh, out here at Chippensburg and, uh, came out of a summer where I was training really hard, lifting really hard, running really hard, just doing everything in my power to be ready to take over the position once, you know, our stud quarterback left, you know, it was big shoes to fill. So, um, I'm literally second day of practice, Tony, I'm literally jogging down the field on a, like a scramble seven on seven play where they tell the quarterback, go run around, go scramble and have the defense pursue you. And I'm jogging down the sidelines, like probably running around 75% and a linebacker's coming across my face. And I go to step inside to cut inside and I hyperextended my knee. So my, my right knee, when I went to go cut inside with my right leg, my right knee went backwards. Ugh, uh, contacts the worst. Yeah, that's literally what it was. And I think I was in a helmet and shoulder pads. If that, I may have just had a helmet on. Um, so I go to break inside, my knee goes in the opposite direction. I felt a weird grind that I'd never felt before, like some weird, weird pain, fall to the ground immediately. Um, and, uh, I was in a tremendous, like an a, immense amount of pain. Like I've never been in that much pain really before uh, in my knees, at least. Um, so I'm laying there, they go through everything. They're torquing my knee around. They're jacking me all up. Uh, and, uh, they said, oh, it doesn't seem to be torn, so let's see you jump, jog around. Let's see you run around. So I, I did some dropbacks. I jogged around. I was like, all right, I feel fine. Maybe I just hyperextended it. Maybe I just tweaked it, whatever. So I go back out there for our scrimmage, um, and uh, I literally remember the exact play, not to get not to get into the weeds too much, but we had this double move called. Um, it was like it was an outside guy ran a curl route, and he was going to act like he's running a curl route, and he's going to turn and wheel around. And we had the inside receiver running the post route to take that safety away. So I was, you know, my eyes were going right to that safety to hold him so I could get this double move and, and throw a touchdown. I go to take one step out of shotgun and immediately my knee cracked. I felt a, a crack or a pop, something weird. And I immediately hit the floor. And uh, basically at that point, my football career was never the same. I mean, I, I had to, I tore my ACL, I tore my meniscus. I had to get all that repaired. Um, and in that process, I was sitting there talking to myself, well, okay, you know, I'm a division two backup quarterback that just tore his ACL in my junior year of college, you know, well, football is not really going to, going to really pan out. It never really was going to pan out for me to begin with. Now I got this injury. Is football over. I don't know, but I do know that I need to fall back on, on my academics, need to fall back on what I can control. And so I started, you know, doing some interviews, uh, interviewing around for, for different financial firms, um, for internships and I landed an internship and, uh, I was at, I was at a company called Northwestern mutual for around, around eight to 10 months. And, uh, really just the, to kind of tie in why I chose this career path. I mean, from the very start, I loved helping people, working with people, meeting new people, um, really experiencing and hearing stories from others that I wouldn't be able to experience if I wasn't in that career path and I wasn't you know, learning in, in that internship. And so it really turned into a full-time position um, that transferred me to another firm uh, that I decided to take another, I decided to take another opportunity at another firm. And it really just kind of started from that, uh, that internship. And uh, I haven't really looked back since I've been with this firm now for a year. Uh, it's called U Financial Group. Um, that's not a plug. I'm just saying, uh, but it's, uh, it's been well, great. Check him so, out guys. He's, he's yeah, uh, advertising here. <laughs> Not at all, but uh, steal business from me. 
Exactly. Yeah, and 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 that kind of tees you up to talk about your own your own world and how things have been for you so far since you uh, recently. I mean, it hasn't even been a year you've been out of out of baseball. It's been what like maybe six months. Uh, it's it's actually almost approaching a year now. So it's been since uh, since about May. It's been very very up and down for me. It's uh overcoming that 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 feeling that my body just just knew. That like all I knew was baseball, you know what I'm saying? So my entire life, all that mattered to me was baseball. I was going pro no matter what happened. Everyone knew it. I knew it. And I thought you were too. Yeah, exactly. Like I was, I was born to, to play this game and lead many by playing it. And so a little bit background on me for the people out there that don't know who I am. I, uh, after high school, well, I went to high school for, to a boarding school for baseball. And that's how I met Landon through football there. But uh, then I went to a school in South Carolina my freshman year, a small D1 school. I played a lot, but I just I couldn't see myself playing for the that that coach for my entire four years because the experience would have been miserable. So I decided to transfer back up north and uh, played for an amazing coach, really amazing coach, total great guy, still a friend of mine in life, and uh, a great team with amazing teammates who brought a family aspect I've never seen any type of team come together and be so selfless to try and achieve a common goal. And we won two championships in three years and uh, came short of making the college world series by about two games this year. And the way it ended was a uh, very abrupt, some guy pimped a home run in the, in the late stages of one of the, of the championship game to get to the, uh, the re- super regional. And this kid just started standing there for, for a while, and as the catcher, I'm not. I'm not going to let you show up my pitcher. So I got in his face a little bit, told him to start fucking running, and uh, the umpire didn't like that so much. So he he actually threw me out. And I mean, everyone to this day, if you see it, the the video is viral on Instagram. And uh, What's it that was absolute. Uh, it was on foul pole sports. So That's you're going to have to do some deep digging, but it was uh, it was out there. Go check it out if you could find it. It's it, it sucked. It was absolute robbery of my career and our team because we fell short of achieving our goal and I felt like I let my team down. So that, that that I was not going to, I'm not going to lie. I was totally depressed. So after that I was really depressed and then I figured, okay, I'm going to get drafted. So no big deal. Right. And so I went to do some workouts. I had a broken finger while I was doing the workouts and stuff. And so I didn't, I didn't really do too well. I was really banged up from the whole season, not trying to come up with excuses because I should have done better. But, uh, so it was really encouraging that I was going to get drafted and didn't end up getting drafted. Didn't even get a call to even get signed or anything. And uh, had some opportunities to play some professional ball. And I just decided I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go down a career path where it's kind of a dead end. I don't want to even have my shot of making the major leagues. And I'm just going to be grinding for a very small amount of dollars. And it's going to be a dead end just because I love the sport. And I eventually want to start a family. So I want to be financially comfortable when that family starts. So I got a call with uh, to go to New York Life and interview there. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the entire camaraderie of everyone, the the positivity. The the big manager there is absolutely, absolute legend, biggest managing partner in probably the entire insurance industry itself. And so it's really cool to be in Long Island and be around this and to uh, to have a job that kind of revolves around just talking to people you know it's like my everything i do now just requires me to network and expand my ability to talk to people and help as many people as i can 
And so that's why I wasn't, I, I started to get out of that hole because I realized I was put on this earth to, to lead people and to help as many people as I can. And I thought baseball was going to be that platform, but now there's, there's other ways to go about this. And so is this podcast, you know? So it's, uh, when, when you start to realize that that's just a stage in your life and like life is bigger than just a sport or what you thought you were put here to do, it's, uh, it's very humbling. Your, your life, the world's going to give you a lot of different appointments, quote unquote. And so you're going to have to roll with them. And when you, when you get your appointment, you got to take advantage of it. So, so can you, can you back up and talk about this? Uh, what this kid do? He, he did a bat flip and you, what happened with that? You're going to make me relive this, huh? See, uh, Dude, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is that, is that what happened? He did like a, he hit, he smacked yeah. a bomb and he did a bat flip and you were like, yeah, so he, it was like, Top of the eighth inning, they're up three to two. We're in the sewer. We're in the regional championship game. Our pitcher, best pitcher in the country, got got tore his ACL before the game. So we're we're at odds already. Kid hits a home run. That's a no doubt home run, right? He starts falling back into me and just standing there watching the ball. And so I was just like, dude, start start fucking running. You know, just start running. You know what I'm saying? Like I I have a really very, very cool level head. I never lose my head on the baseball field. I just play the game the right way. And that was bullshit. And he even, he direct messaged me on Instagram after he's like, dude, you do not deserve that. Like, I really wish you the best. Everyone was super supportive of it because I was really down on myself because I like to take ownership of all the things I've done. And I, I did, I, I, I should, I guess I shouldn't have done that, but it, uh, it sucks nonetheless. Overall though, man, like, do you think uh, you go back in time? Would you have changed any of that? Would you have done anything different? I mean, I, I personally feel like knowing Tony V probably would have done the same fucking thing. <laughs> At, well, in that situation, absolutely. I probably should have done even worse, to be honest. But <laughs> if I could go back and do it all, to be honest, I might I might have chose to be a quarterback, to be honest. I've always had the fascination of being a quarterback. And I, I, I could throw a football almost just as good as I could throw a baseball. So I digress. Let's, uh, let's try to stay on topic here. So how did you... Uh, how did you go about handling like that stress that that came with like that stress and that anxiety that came with shit? I'm done with sports. I had my scholarship, everything. You're kind of like quote unquote living in a fantasy world, if you if you if you allow me to say that. We're both, you know, you're living in a fantasy world. You kind of your ego's a little pumped because you're you're kind of the big man on campus. I felt the same way. I'm saying this for both of us, and uh, in life, life comes at you real fast. I think I think you could agree with that. So, how did you go about coping with the the stress and anxiety of like, hey, I'm a, I'm a real person now. <laughs> I think I think my transition was probably a little unique. I mean, I've always been aware of like your identity behind being an athlete, being a student athlete. Like, there's a certain identity you take on being that college football player or that college baseball player, whatever whatever that world is that you're in. Everybody has an identity, and they really grasp onto that it doesn't matter if you're into you know art or social media you know or whatever you're into that's your identity that you live behind um and it's amplified now more than ever right it's all over social media it's all over youtube it's all over you know your college's website your high school's website there's all these recruiting websites you got huddle you got all these things now all these platforms to basically enhance your identity and so that transition can be tough for a lot of people especially if they're putting, you know, all their eggs in one basket. Um, it's almost been a blessing and a curse that I did tear my ACL because it forced me to take my shit serious uh, off the field. Yeah, I feel um, that, man. That's, that's, you know what I mean? Point. Yeah. Like I, like I didn't, I never, 
I never, I never did bad in school. I always tried to care about school, regardless of whether I felt like it was going to actually matter after college or not. I just feel like it's a matter of principle, a matter of discipline. You know, if, if you don't take this assignment seriously, what's going to really change, you know, five, six years from now when you're getting another assignment that is similarly boring, right? That's kind of my attitude. So I always try to take it seriously, but you know, once football is, is, you know, fizzled away from me, I was kind of already transitioned into an internship and a full-time position somewhere else. So it was actually a, a pretty easy decision for me because, um, you know, overall, I think I mentioned this in the Mike Lisi podcast. I, I said something along the lines of how, you know, I was kind of the next guy up. Our coaching staff left uh, that had been my coaching staff for three years that had recruited me. Had You know, I had been there my whole my whole time. They they left to take better opportunities. And, you know, a new guy came in, stepped in. Great dude. Um, just really didn't fit into his offense well. Um, so it was kind of just – it was very obvious from the start uh, that – you know, I had the maturity, I had the leadership, I had a lot of qualities. My athleticism wasn't, you know, knocking anybody out of the park. And so when you got a guy who's a junior coming off of an ACL injury, uh, who's redshirted twice, you know, is it better to go with the guy who's, you know, a little rusty and was really recruited for another system? Or is it better to go with, you know, the younger guy who's taller and, you know, is around the same skill set, but just has a lot more time to be able to, to be in that system. I mean, four more years versus two more years. So that for me, it just, I try to always stay rooted in, in, in the, in the deeper meaning of the why behind why things happen, the below the surface stuff. I, you know, I was already going in a, in a trajectory where I knew that, you know, I was going to pursue this career that I'm in now, um, you know, to be a financial planner, financial advisor, you know, holistic practice, growing that at a, at a good firm. Um, I knew that I, that was the direction I wanted to go in. And honestly, it just felt like the timing was right for me. Now, I know a lot of people don't have that experience. Um, I, th- I would say most probably don't have that experience. So I don't know how relatable my story is, but, you know, Tony, it, it definitely sounds to me like, you know, I knowing knowing you and I, don't, I won't speak for you, but Guys, Tony was the guy who was flying down to Florida. We're in high school. He's flying down to Florida over Christmas break for weeks on end to work on his hitting, to work on every little detail he possibly could. Um, you know, he was, I met him down in, in over summertime. He came down by my office in Center City, Philly um, to grab a cheesesteak, but he had just worked out for the Athletic A's and, and a couple other programs. I mean, he just, the kid just was all over the place, fully, fully, fully invested in being at the next level. Um, and he did everything in his power. And I'm not trying to steal, you know, your thunder or, or speak for you, but I'm sure that your experience after baseball was a little bit different than mine just because I didn't have that, you know, I didn't make that end run where my team was in the playoffs and I was having a great season and there wasn't any hype around me or my team. Uh, we were like a seven and five, seven and six team my senior year. So it wasn't really a happy ending regardless. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was for me, it was like as dramatic as it could get. As as everything had to uh, to fall in the worst possible way, it did for me to feel the absolute most like shit that I could. But you know, and uh, the, the the one thing I regret throughout the whole process is feeling sorry for myself after the whole fact, because like like Landon was saying, I I worked my absolute ass off. Like when I first went down to boarding school, actually before like before I met Landon, 
I had a contract with the boarding school that I was going to be gone for a full month in January to go train with Robinson Cano in Dominican Republic. Like I lived there because I was trying to live out the dream. That's all I cared about. You know, school was secondary for me. And I genuinely thought, but I always knew in the back of my mind that I'd be good. And I same with Landon that no matter what he did, he was going to be good anyway. So once I realized that like after this entire dark hole that I've been in for a couple months over the summer, I realized that the world owed me absolutely nothing. And that I was basically living a lie my entire life, telling myself that like, you don't got to, you know, like there's times where I wasn't working as hard as I should have, you know, all those things culminate in that the world's just going to keep on throwing shit at you and you got to just keep on rolling with it. You can't sit there and shut down for a couple months, you know, but, uh, I did feel sorry for myself. So my biggest advice to people that are in some similar situation or even beforehand that before you even reach something like this, my biggest advice would be for you to be like self-aware enough to understand that what you are good at and what you're not good at. Understand that first, what you're good at and roll with that, what you're not good at. And if you want to do that, be better at it. Don't fucking sit here and live in some fantasy world that like, okay, I'm a great baseball player. If you suck, you know what I'm saying? You're just doing yourself a disservice. And we're a lot of people, we're not able to take correction from others because we're so insecure about ourselves, right? So no one's telling you that you have to decide what you want to do with for the rest of your life at the age of 20, 23, even 30. Who cares? And if they are going to tell you, fuck them. Those aren't the people that you should be listening to. And unfortunately, sometimes those people are our own parents and our own family, but the, the they're people that we trust the most in our life. But understand that if they're not where you want to be and where you see yourself, just understand that like that, that, that it's okay. You don't have to listen to them. You still love them, but you have to listen to people who are where you want to be. Understand who you are and do your best to find out your purpose in life. Sit down and genuinely think about what is my why. It's tough to come by. I don't have a full on what is my why, but I know I was put here to lead a lot of people. And so I'm not, I'm going to do everything in my power to achieve that. Right. So once you find that purpose, life will hand you a vehicle to use that as a platform, right. To get to where you want to be. If you want to be rich, understand the mindset behind wanting to do what you want to do, understand the reasoning behind doing that. And then you'll find the vehicle that you want to get there. If you don't truly know who you are, how are you going to be able to help yourself? right? If you can't understand who you are and be totally transparent and honest with yourself, how can you help yourself? And if you can't help yourself, how can you understand how to help others, right? If I'm not able to help myself, what good am I doing helping somebody else? If, if you don't know yourself, how can you, like other people know you? They don't even know the real you if you don't even know yourself. If you're living a lie your entire life, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, And I'm, I appreciate all the stuff that I went through because it's allowed me to do a better job of being fully self-aware and I'm no longer lying to myself. When you could look in the mirror and understand that, like, you are where you're, where you're right, suppo- like, right where you're supposed to be and not have to tell yourself a lie and, and just immerse yourself in lies and your entire vision gets clouded. It's a really liberating feeling. So I'm here for long term sustainable, sustainable success. You could fool a lot of people, but you're not fooling the people at the top. So. Do you think that it's do you think that it's better to overthink your situation at this age? Do you think it's better to be a little bit more I'll just play it think, as it comes and just I think let- that's a great question. I think I think self-awareness is absolutely by far bar none the best possible thing you could have at this age. Self-awareness to understand what you are, who you are and what you're not. Yes, I 100% believe that we're overdoing this whole thing. Like the interview with Mike Mike Lisi he said, listen, 
when I get when I when I start getting all stressed out about all these business ventures, all these things, I sit down first. Hey, I'm alive. You're alive. You're a statistical anomaly. Who cares if you're stressing about the fucking the the test that you have next week? You're alive. Your family loves you. People love you. There are people here to help you. Who cares about shit that's not going to matter 30 years from now? Understand that. It's it, we're, we get submerged into the matrix of things that are we're told matter so much because society tells us that it's it matters so much so that we can provide for them and not provide for ourselves and our family. Put your head down and 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 take that entry yeah, level just, job. Just listen and- listen to the the past generation that is just basically full on brainwashed. Unfortunately, sometimes it's our parents. You know, like and it's tough too. Well, it's tough too because uh, you know our parents' generation was a part of a different world at the time. You know, the economy was in a different place. College wasn't the cost that it is today. Um, you know, a big factor. I'm sorry to interrupt. A big factor that that goes to, that plays a part in our parents' generation. They didn't have the internet their entire life. We have the internet. We have the ability to listen and understand things that we're we're, we're not being brainwashed. We can go out there and and educate ourselves if you really want to. You could also go out there and consume terrible content and be brainwashed too. So it's it's a it's a double edged sword there. A college degree meant a lot more 30 years ago than it does today, in my opinion, because of the access of because of the access of resources that we have, right? I mean, there is really no excuse because of the internet to talk about not having, you know, the resources to grow yourself and learn and, and to, and to, you know, obtain knowledge. I mean, really, it's just about, it's like, it's the Tony Robbins, classic Tony Robbins, you know, don't talk about having a lack of resources, if anything, it's it's a lack of being resourceful. Very well put. It's, you know? it's, it comes down to the self awareness that we were talking about. It's it's not that you don't have the resource to make it. Even if you're if, even if you're poor, everyone's got access to a computer or a phone, right? It's you're lazy as fuck. That's what it is. You don't want it bad enough. That's the thing. That that's what it is. So, like my last remark before I let you wrap it up: if the dream is big enough. The facts do not matter. We will now make our own facts. Those facts, you'll make those facts change if you believe and want something big enough, right? You'll change those facts. It doesn't matter where you come from. Do you have the heart and will you stand on truth and be true to yourself so that you can move forward and conquer yourself? Because that's all that's in the way of us and success. And I, I fall very victim to that a lot of the time where I think other people, I need other, obviously you need other people to grow and help you. But we're so reliant on other people when we really have to change ourselves before we start doing things. So, last question, um, and it ties in with what we're talking about. I want to answer this too, but I'm going to ask the question to you first. Did you find college valuable to your life? In a in a very short answer, no, absolutely not at all. If I didn't have baseball and go to college for theoretically free. I would not have, I probably like, I, I still would have went because I valued education, but I, I barely, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I, I barely went to class. I still had a really high GPA, like 3.9. I had a 4.0 until my junior year when I started to realize that like, Hey, I could do a little bit less work and stop consuming this bullshit that they're trying to teach me because I'm a, I'm a business major and I'm taking uh, earth science. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't buy into that. I just personally can't buy into that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not some crazy rebel. But if, if I'm a business major and I'm a junior and you're making me take earth science in the most boring environment ever, I'm not going to go. 
I'll go for the test. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it, but I'm not going to, I'll sacrifice a little bit less grades for my freedom to be able to train and do the things that I want to do in life. Because the only person that's telling me that I'm failing there is that teacher. Like if I go out, I'm going to go out and succeed everywhere else, but she's going to tell me since I got a 75 on her science test that I'm failing in my life. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. And I mean, I kind of come from the opposite spectrum. So I'm going to kind of not disagree with you, but push back from my end. I mean, I didn't go to college completely for free. I'm, I'm actually going to be in a decent amount of student debt when uh, everything's said and done. But so, so because of that, I think knowing that I was going to take on this, this debt, uh, you know, after school, I feel like every time I walked into the classroom, I knew I was like, well, I'm not going to just not get my money's worth. I'm going to try my hardest to, you know, put everything I have towards this stuff. I just was always afraid to look over my shoulder and see other guys on my team doing better in school or, you know, afraid to look back and have a hundred G's in, in, in student loans and be like, yeah, I got all this debt. And I didn't even fucking pay attention or I didn't even go to class or I didn't even learn. I didn't even apply myself. And, you know, I didn't, you know, expand my network and, and just, you know, use all the resources that were in front of me. Now, with that being said, you know, I have tried, you know, fairly hard to draw from all the resources I can. It is not worth the cost. It's, it's, ex- college is extremely overvalued. Way too expensive for sure. It's, du- it's actually doubled with inflation included over the last 20 years. That's a fact. Over the last 20 years, college has doubled in cost with inflation included. Um, that is a problem. And, you know, these state schools, for example, um, like I go to, a, I went to a state school, Shippensburg University. Uh, this isn't just Shippensburg. This is a lot of state schools. These state schools were developed, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s and on. And, and, and they were done so to be affordable for essentially a public education where the state was funding the majority of, of, the, of the funds for students to attend there. And the students would, would, would still pay a small amount, but it was not nearly as much as what the state was giving. And, and, and not to go too into the weeds, but you know, the state went from providing most of the funds to the universities to you know, pay for their you know, expansions and paying for their teachers' salaries and so on and so forth. Um, now, actually, the, flip hit, the script has flipped. So now the script has completely flipped and students are generating more revenue for universities in tuition than the universities are getting from the state funding. Um, and so the whole purpose of the state school system has been kind of flipped upside down. These state schools were were developed to be mostly funded by our state governments, but now are funded more by the student population due to the increasing rapid increase of cost of these universities. I mean, and you got all these majors. Like I went to a liberal arts school and I'm a business major, finance and economics, double major. And in order to get that degree, I had to take geology, I had to take writing, I had to take reading, I had to take two histories, I had to take geology, I had to take all these sciences. And and my question is, where is the faith in the system that we've that we've developed from K through 12th? That's I've taken I'm all saying, these classes man, my whole bullshit. life. That's bullshit. That's what I agree. Like you should have your somewhat set plan going into it. And they, they, they still make you take the Spanishes and the geologies, like you were saying. I think it's bullshit. That's why I'm so passionately against it in that aspect. But the it's a money grab. Yeah, I totally agree. So the beauty of America 
in, in, in America itself is the fact that we're able to have this conversation in totally agreement to disagree and to be able to throw ideas back and forth and realize that like, hey, don't tell, don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do in aspects in, in terms of the college stuff. You know, you make your own thought process, if that makes sense. You know, if, if you're going for a purpose, great. College is for you. Great. Go with a purpose in mind. If you're going just to go, you're, you're in a really bad situation. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a very fine line between whether this stuff is for you or not, you know? So you got to make that decision. You can't just go and blindfolded just because society tells you to go to college. With that being said, guys, feel free to, if you have any questions more on the, the, the statistics that Landon was provided, I'm sure he could give you some, uh, some more background on that. Or if you guys just want to talk about whether something's for you or not, or any adversity that you're going through, we're all young, we're all here to help. So like we have, that's what I'm confident in saying that we have the credibility of being able to help the younger people because we've, we've, we've been through a lot. So feel free to reach out to us. We're totally transparent and we're not, we're not some uh, people that hold ourselves to on this really high horse. Like we're just one of, one of the people and we want to, give everyone a platform so feel free to reach out in that aspect tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe